No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. Mamadon. Wow. Sure giving Mothra a run for her money. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, we haven't had a MILF monster yeah. like, like Mothra <laughs> until now. I mean, I had to take some Google breaks, if you know what I mean. What were you Googling? Mamadon and Mothra party. Question mark. <laughs> Mama Don stuck in washing machine. <laughs> well, welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. I'm Charlie Anti-Work. And I'm Bardo. And today we are talking about 1972's Godzilla vs. Gigan. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, uh, what's uh, what you can you tell us? Uh, what goes on? It's good, Bella Underground song. After 1971's Godzilla vs. Hedera was too fucking awesome and cool for audiences to truly appreciate, producer Tanaka begged Fukuda and Sekizawa to return the Godzilla series to normalcy. And that they did, delivering one of the most boring and unoriginal stories in film history. By boring and unoriginal, I mean the story of aspiring manga artist Gungo picturing his ideas to to an in-development amusement park that aims to take children up at Godzilla Tower and teach them about monsters from the past, present, and future, thus somehow achieving total and true peace, or something like that. Total bug-ass fash vibes type of peace, but I don't really understand what the plan was, and neither do you, dear listener, so who knows, maybe it isn't as fash as it seems. Speaking of bug-ass... <laughs> It turns out that the dudes building this amusement park are actually alien cockroaches, taking over the image of dead people, but luckily these cockroaches aren't sending their best. Their plans are ultimately discovered because these so-called brilliant cockroaches decided to just use the names and biographies of the people that they were taking over. I'd like to think cockroach aliens are smarter than this, but one of the important parts about adulthood is realizing how stupid everyone actually is, especially fashy cockroach aliens. <laughs> so, Gengo and his crew, most notably the Hubba Hubba Kaiju Mamadon, fight back against the aliens, but not before the aliens can call the Earth, the Space Kaijus, King Ghidorah, and the coolest torsoed kaiju of them all, Gigan. Gigan. Uh, Gigan. 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 Uh, the humans fight the cockroach aliens, and Godzilla and Angerus fight the space kaiju, while the other kaiju on Monster Island decide to just take a monster-sized nap. <laughs> the insects are crushed, while Ghidorah and Gigan are chased back off to space to return another day. Like I said, boring, unoriginal, normal-ass story. The end. We love our saw-torsoed kaiju, don't we, folks? It's Godzilla versus Gigan, baby. Whew. 
Okay. Excellent work as always, Charlie. I I hated this a lot less than you did. I think oh, I yeah. hate this. I like this. <laughs> I was joking when I said the, the whole po- the, the joke was. Oh, I get it because it's that such it's a crazy, not boring, and unoriginal. Story. It's fucking insane. <laughs> I okay. Now I'm stepping on what you're. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. <sighs> I'm too. I'm way too subtle. But now. <laughs> Now everyone will get it because we had this exchange. True. Um, okay, cool. Wow, that changes the whole way I was going to start talking now. <laughs> but no, apparently uh, the producer, was his name Takata? Yeah. Yeah, apparently after Hedera, he went to Sekizawa and Fukuda. He's like, we need a normal Godzilla movie. And um, I mean, I get it in the context of how crazy Hedera was, but it's kind of funny thinking about like, this is their idea of a normal Godzilla movie. It was like they like Hetero was such a fucking blast of acid to the face that they're like, we gotta we can't have them go go cold turkey. We gotta give them like <laughs> you know, most of the way down, but a little dose. Yeah. So that like... Apparently the script the story idea for this originally had two more monsters. It originally had Megalon and um uh monster based off of the uh Daishimen monster that Die Studios is putting out. Well, which would have been cool. Well, yeah, I fucking had a great time with this movie. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be trash, and I fucking loved it. I will say the second half was kind of slow. Not all bad, but just slower. But the human stuff, I mean, not, some of it didn't make sense, but it was fucking intriguing. I was in yeah. on, on the story. I was stoked. I was stoked from the laser fucking opening credit box sequence. Yeah, and really weird. Really let up. That was a really yeah. weird credit sequence of uh, the opening uh, credits. Um, Just a really annoying sound, which I love. <laughs> I love when they gamble and we're like, we're going to do a really high-pitched, annoying synth sound to start this movie. I, was that, um, I meant to like check, like, was that the sound that Geigen made later? Um, it wasn't, was so. it? I don't think so. Because when I was watching, I was thinking this has this sound has to come in later. But I, um, I recognized the sound when mm. it was in the credits. I'm like, oh, it must be Gagan. And but now I'm not sure. Like when I, I was listening, know. I'm like, I don't remember what it sounds like anymore. Yeah. But but yeah, sound nerds, email us. Yeah, email us at uh, Elbarto Work eh, Gmail dot com. Yeah, sure. <laughs> also, credit sequence. I don't know. The visually, it was very different than any of the other Godzilla opening sequences in my mind. I thought it was very strange. Like it, the way it's kind of just very blocked out. Uh, kind yeah, of, totally. It felt more like a hard sci-fi kind of intro. I guess is what I was thinking when I was watching it. It feels very much like the seventies are here. Like yeah. we are, you know, For sure. we have aesthetically are moving in that direction. And if you didn't know the seventies were here. Then you do know from that one character with the headband wearing a oversized suit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I was going to say, I, this is one of the Godzilla movies that I had like on VHS growing up. Um, Nice. So this has been like one of the like standards that I've sort of held Godzilla movies to for like my whole life and went like when. I start like when the American ones started coming out and like I was looking at the villains. I was holding the villains and the American ones up to the villains in this one who are like <sighs> evil space cockroaches, which is 
that's what I want in in a Godzilla film almost always, and that the American ones are are too afraid to do, and it it frustrates me. I thought you meant uh, Ghidorah and Gigan, but also yes, uh, space cockroaches totally. as well. <laughs> yeah, the plot doesn't make. You're right. Like it's very unclear, you know, for their cover story how they're going to achieve world peace by teaching children about monsters from the past, present, and future which is ominous but every every single character is so feels so full like they all feel like not just like a a stand-in being like i'm doing this now which will you know lead to b you know Um, yeah yeah they all feel like human beings even if who they are and what the relationship to each other is and everything is kind of ambiguous and unclear but it doesn't really matter because um, they're all fun. I agree. Uh, that is just something I thought of, but you're right. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, all the human characters are kind of, there is some more depth in them than I guess we normally see. They do feel more like individual characters, I guess. Both for me and you, this is our first time seeing this, right? Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, I was, this is not a movie I'd expect that, uh, I guess if, you know, someone named Barto said to me, oh, I have, you know, like a handful of old Godzilla movies I used to watch as a kid. I would not think of this one, I guess. Um, so that's that's kind of, it's a unique, unique, unique one that, you, that you're familiar with, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's cool because it, it feels unique and weird and interesting. And like when I was watching the like human plot at first and like, you know, there still hadn't been monsters. I had this moment where I was like, Oh man, like I'm not waiting for the monsters. I'm wondering what's happening right now. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in this movie and it's just got such weird fucking shit in it. Like the homework monster. Incredible. Love that (laughs) idea. I paused it. I went back just to hear them talk about the uh, homework monster again. It's great. And it just has little creative touches, but also it's a, classic Godzilla movie through and through. You got the aliens coming to conquer. They're controlling the the bad kaiju. The good kaiju are coming to help. There's no real explanation for why they're helping. Um, and there's just a cool new monster we get to see among old friends. It's fucking mm-hmm. a classic, hits the right notes, Godzilla movie. Well, we do know why they've come to help. They've come to help because the aliens lured them in by playing one yeah. of the two secret tapes um yeah. real to real tapes that they had yeah um okay and, and uh, one of them you know to lure godzilla a. and kill him so that they that's take right over that's the world. right um oh first of all i want to say this beginning i did read the chapter on this in the critical history and filmography of toho's godzilla series by david collat so some of my info i've been saying um has been from that but was our first movie Invasion of Astro Monster with you, Barto? Yeah, the first one was yeah. Barto, yeah. Yeah, okay. That So this chapter in this talks about how this is basically like a repurposing of that script. Um, totally. Which definitely hits lots of the same kind of story beats. Very different, though, too. Yeah, I, I do think it is very different, but you can see that maybe they kind of use that as like a base. For sure. The colonizing aliens come in, coming in sent uh also very similar to the uh that gamera movie where the kids go in the ufo and go mm-hmm. to the other world like very yeah. the same motivations Gear for the aliens mm-hmm. um, of like we uh just 
our planet got destroyed from people not taking care of it. And your yeah. planet also looks like people aren't going to take care of it. So we yep. got to, you know, set things yeah. straight before you all fuck it up. That is kind of interesting how they're like, we need to get away from Hetera. That movie was insane. But they still, I was not expecting this. They still uh, hit on some pollution uh, commentary, which mm-hmm. I was really not expecting at all. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into that, but they hit on it hard. They didn't just yeah. touch on it. Like, I mean, they did just touch on it, too. Yeah, it's a whole... I mean, in comparison to, say, hetero, where... For sure. It's just not stuff. But yeah, it, touching on it is uh, uh, not... Yeah, it's more than touching. You're right. For sure. Feel. Uh, but yeah, what, uh, anyways, what we were talking about before, um, why... I know it's a stupid thing to question, but just... Shouldn't more of the monsters on Monster Island come? Why is it just Godzilla and Angus are like... Especially because they can talk. Yeah. So you think they would just talk to each other. But none of the plot... I mean, I guess I think that's what I meant by we don't know why they're helping. I guess we do. It doesn't matter because there's mm. so many holes. Like, the the aliens are almost thwarted by someone stealing a tape. They have the technology to come all the way to Earth, create these tapes, control the minds of monsters... D- target people with a laser coming out of a giant Godzilla tower they made, but they can't duplicate a tape. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And that's okay. It's just fun. Uh, I did really like that they had little speech bubbles for Godzilla and uh, Angora. Though, Inc- like, incredible. Delightful. I enjoyed that. <laughs> they, they play the little, um, like, w- what do you call it? Like, sped up tape sound for them talking yes <laughs> we're probably gonna cut it in here because it's such a funny little sound it was so good and uh i think this is the first time that the they've actually like kind of talked since uh Ghidorah, the three-headed monster mm-hmm. and i loved that they just did it in a stylistic way to fit with the film like having the manga artist and then having yeah. the black and white speech bubbles it was so fucking great it was just so like Oh, you're not phoning it in. You're doing the same old thing, but you're adding some really cool, fun touches to it. Yeah, I I thought the speech bubbles. I, I think that's something a lot of people dislike about this movie, but I thought they did it perfectly well. I'll tell them they're wrong in a manga speech speech bubble. And we also have a great new monster. Like oh yes, oh god yeah. And he was like, we need One a budget monster. Like, that's where he came from, was they're like, we have no money to make this movie. We have to make a cheap monster, as far as I wow. understand it. So so they couldn't, like, so they had, like, a, a ro- you know, he's sort of robotic, right? And so the idea was, like, he could be very smooth. There's not, like, a ton of texture. Yeah. And so, like, we could, we could cut corners there. But it, like, works so well. It, like, you know just big metal he's so pointy he's so um great sounds and he's he's fast he's fast and he's wearing like kind of superhero tights in a way (laughs) but like there is no point of his body that isn't accessorized with something unique and cool like a visor head spikes three Mm -hmm. dorsal fins a stomach table saw that you don't find out about until a little later like and no hands (laughs) <laughs> it's just so fucking cool. And and he like he laughs. You know, he like does like mocking laughs. You know, he, he has does, like so he much personality. He dances. He's doing this, he's like batting Ghidorah's wing, like we got him, we got him, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like there, he has such like swagger. There's a scene yeah. where 
it's like a tracking shot and Ghidorah is fl- walking to the left and flailing his heads like he does shooting his lightning everywhere and and fucking Gigan is just walking all cool with him like doesn't even do anything just like this is fucking what I he's do like so oh. cool he's so cool um and he also he makes uh both Angris and Godzilla bleed which is that's no small feat I mean come on I think it's the first <laughs> red blood, at least from Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen yeah. green blood before, but the first red blood from Godzilla. Yeah, that's that's gnarly. But yeah, real. I wrote in my notes that Gigan has real bloke behavior. Like he, I keep thinking <laughs> of him like a like a nineteen twenties gangster in London or something. Oh my god! <laughs> but in like a cyberpunk retelling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's so cool. And uh, I guess you were telling us that they originally envisioned him with lasers as well. Yeah, like a laser coming from his, like, I mean, there's a point for it. Like, they have, like, a little laser point on the top of his head. And it's on one of the posters. Yeah. It's a red laser shooting out. And the video games, I think. But Nice. So he just didn't need to use it. Yeah, they're like, he has too much stuff. He's too awesome already. (laughs) (laughs) And they're right. He's so fucking cool. Yeah, he rules. Um, We have y'all seen uh, Final Wars? I have not. I know he comes back. Oh my god, he looks so crazy in that. Okay, whatever. When we get to that, we'll get to that. I I watched the, Uh, uh, the short that they put out a couple of years ago with him in it. Oh, I thought there's one for this year. I don't know about that. Oh, maybe it's this year. You're right. You're right. Um, and that was really cool. He looked great. Just as a little tangent, you're talking about how he was a budget kaiju. I figured it's a good time to bring up uh, all the cost-cutting measures they did, or at least that was listed in that uh, David Klatt's book. Um, so they also, uh, Tsnaka asked Fukuda to not commission a new score and instead just use pre-recorded Ifukube recordings, and they recycled footage but uh, recycled old footage, um, but they use lots of editing to make it not appear as old and uh, mix it with newer footage. So, Was that the Monster Island stuff? Because that's the only one I noticed. A lot of the Gitara stuff of him flying oh. around is like... Yeah, I think I think some of the monster stuff might have been. Um, the book didn't say exactly what, but it, the way he was phrased it made it seem like it was more than just the Monster Island stuff. Yeah, a lot more. There's a lot of reused mm. footage. Like, mm. gotcha. They'd used it way better than Gamera ever has. I'll yeah, say that. <laughs> they just darkened it a lot. Yeah, and it kind of like it was the the last time I watched this. It, I was like in a big role of just like I'm watching a Godzilla movie every day. Okay, and mm-hmm. so when you watch them like that, it really takes you out of the moment because you're like, oh, I just saw that in Astro Monster mm. or whatever. That makes sense. Um. But doesn't matter. Like it's good and fun, and um, I presume it's pretty expensive to make Gitter a fly around. And I get it. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um, I. I guess also this was the same Goji costume since 1968, which makes yeah, sense. Obviously, it's, that's a lot of money making a costume. But yeah, so this movie costs a lot less than Hetero did and that was something that Tanaka really wanted and it um it made almost almost as much in ticket sales, I think slightly less, but because it cost so much less they it did a lot better, a lot better financially than Hetero. Nice. Speaking of 
Ghidorah, I gotta say, maybe, I don't think it was all used footage, or reused footage, this is my favorite Ghidorah attacks since the first Ghidorah. Like, I haven't seen him flail so chaotically shooting his lightning since then, and I was so stoked on him. I the Oh, go ahead. I just say, in general, the destruction scenes with him and Gigan were fucking awesome. I thought they were some yes. of the top shelf uh, destruction scenes, so, the two of them. Almost all of the Ghidorah stuff where he's flying around, like, and it's just him, is reused. Interesting. Almost all. To, to get on your point, Charlie, the destruction of Tokyo was so fucking cool. Like, you can definitely tell that the that it's cheaper because there's it it's just destruction and destruction and there's no almost no people running away yeah almost at all mm-hmm. and it really does take you out of it and the miniatures are not as high quality as they were in the old ones but it's also just like fuck you awesome like mm-hmm. just like smashing fire everywhere so much fire so much fire like to a point where i couldn't like i was I was zoning in and out of it. Like I was zoning out and then kind of zoning into where I felt like I was getting high from the movie. And I kept going back to try to tell what was happening in the fight. And I couldn't not zone out, but it was like awesome. Like it put me in like a weird catatonic state, you know, it was so sick. And there was something even kind of, in my opinion, cooler about it because usually, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but usually like, I feel like it's, they start destroying stuff and immediately there's the defense forces there. But in this one, they were destroyed for a while before the defense forces yeah. came. And so there's just like just like minutes of them destroying Tokyo with, with no nothing trying to stop them. It's just like them just destroying buildings and creating fire all over the place. Uh, a lot of totally. fun. I really liked the shot from inside a store too like they still got creative with it Mm -hmm. and the melting tanks like sparking red was super cool i feel like i might have seen some of that before but it was super cool and did y'all notice that there was a mobile oil again like i brought this up i think all the way back in rodan and that's like one of the only businesses that they consistently show is mobile oil like they always destroy it i did notice the oil i don't remember you bring that up before so I think you're making that up, but uh, I did notice the mobile oil. <laughs> and knowing you, you're about to go edit in uh, audio to a bunch of our older episodes talking about mobile oil. I'm not. I'm not the editor anymore. <laughs> but you still know how to use that button. That's true. <laughs> we talked about Tokyo, but like the power plant fight too was just like fire all the yeah. time. It was yeah. so good. So much fire. Yeah, that that initial confrontation between the four, the four of them is really, really, really good. Like yeah. that's that's sort of my favorite um, kaiju moment in this movie. Hell yeah, um, yeah. It's just very, I don't know, a very cathartic fire. Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of funny how Angiris comes and he swims just like a Mothra larva and it's beautiful and hilarious. And he gets up and he just gets pummeled, bombarded, fucked in the ass with all these lasers and missiles like so hard. And he just, it keeps going and he just turns around and leaves. And then he comes back with Godzilla and it's like, well, you still have to, you couldn't even fight them. And now these two monsters wrecked all those tanks and you're like, we got this. (laughs) And Gears just doesn't seem that helpful until he does that one 
back jump three times. You yeah. Know? I think Godzilla, like, whispered to him to do that, too. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you see, like, Godzilla, like, saying something to him. Um, I, I don't think I had any speech bubbles. And then, like, that's the immediate move that comes after it is uh, him doing the back jump. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that anger scene was uh, the first thing. First of all, it's very funny that Goji's just, like, you, go check it out. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, okay, sir. Okay, boss. And he just swims across the ocean. He gets on the land and just does his cry. And then all of a sudden the defense force, he hasn't he hasn't done anything. The defense forces just start bombarding him nonstop. And then he goes back. And then later they're like, oh, the only thing that's going to help us is uh, Godzilla and Ingress. Fucking assholes. I I do. I want to say I like Angerus a lot. Like he's I like a him. really good monster. Just in yeah. like he's very to me. He's like very expressive. He's like a really cool looking character. Mm-hmm. And when he was getting uh, stomped by the uh, uh, defense forces, I felt bad for him. Like I, I, did I too. felt I felt like a tinge of of uh, sympathy for my guy. And yeah, and he, I, like I said, he didn't even do anything. Like usually, I mean, Charlie, Charlie, he's already destroyed cities before. That's not really a thing. In the past, <laughs> there's, there's, a... he needs some restorative justice. Like, what, what do we think that he's, he's forever condemned? You're right. You're right. They know where he, he is. They could. Yeah, they have a... like alarms set up. Um, they constantly monitor him. They're like, oh, he's leaving Monster Island. Come it, on. I mean, when did I, 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 you know, I've read a bunch of books about restorative justice and stuff, but I guess I don't know when, like, the first restorative circle was formed and why we've not done that on Monster Island yet. Right. Totally. Same. Not soon enough, Bartow. Not soon enough. As we and all of our listeners know, we have a lot of very, very stupid listeners. So maybe you should explain to them what a circle of um uh things about justice is a restorative circle is a a spell that a wizard casts to um make to get your hp back up Um, wait a second yeah no that's it um i don't think that's right because that's what i would have assumed it was yeah no well you're a pretty bright guy i mean wait I know what it is. I don't know what I. It, that's what I would have assumed it was. I didn't know what it was. What it? Yeah. Wow. That's just. Yeah. That's totally how human language or the English language is wonderful because you get to make inferences like that just from even if you don't like know exactly what someone's talking about. So yeah, you're right on point. Um, um, restorative justice. I won't go into it deeply, but it's just a different model of thinking about like dealing with people who are like. Uh, harmful in communities rather than incarcerating them and stuff. That's, um, I mean, yeah. that's that's what I assumed, but I would, I guess I meant specifically what a circle, what what the totally. I would just meant if, uh, just in case for sure. Where where are we? Uh, well, what the fuck is a circle of? What's the he circle? He just told you. You get. He just you get, told you. You get people together and you talk about harms that were done and okay. in ways that the person could make up for it. And also like what led to that harm being done? What happened in this person's life before the harm was enacted that gotcha. created this conflict? It's, you know, and maybe you don't figure it out in one circle. You have to come back for another circle. Hey man, 
we can have as many circles as needed. That's right. Just... I legitimately thought that it was the wizard thing. So thanks, Barto. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, the yeah, we've talked about the blood. Amazing. Gigan tearing Godzilla's face to shreds. Amazing. Then we have the Godzilla stomping the throat. I couldn't tell Oof. if that was from Destroy All Monsters, but it was great. I, I feel like... Yeah, we've seen that, that throat stomping, so I wonder if that was just a recycled shot, but it's still awesome. Mm. And then Godzilla, though, licking his hands afterwards was oof, <laughs> so fucking badass. I thought the fight at the very end, like, it kind of dragged a little bit for me. Yes. It's one of those things where it's like, I've been hearing these four mm. guys do their, their weird sounds for, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something like that. And we're not getting enough other stuff going on, but that, that is the only part of this movie where my attention kind of starts to wane a little bit. I legitimately thought the second half could be almost half as long yeah. and be fine. Um, but it was still good. It's like, there's some Godzilla movies that like the whole vibe is that. So I kind of, kind of into mm. it. Like Godzilla 2000 to me is just like a, lay back and feel the ridiculous music like and fight energy and just be in it but this one like started on this kind of fast-paced interesting mystery so then when it transitions into just like repetitive fighting it doesn't quite work i agree i saw a tweet i think it was yesterday it might have been zone defenders out of context where it's like a shot of Ghidorah, and it's like the cool thing about Shoah's Ghidorah is that he doesn't, he's so powerful, he doesn't even need to flap his wings. He only occasionally flaps his wings just as a flex to show off. And uh, then I watched this movie like immediately, like a few hours after seeing that tweet. And he just, the, his our introduction to him is him just gliding around without him flapping his wings. And I, I did want to add the introduction of Gigan and oh, Ghidorah yes. oh. is so good. Like it's yeah, so dude. it's the it's um you know the the tape plays and this like weird synth sound starts going and then you get the two like look like stars in the sky mm-hmm. that like turn into like flame into like elemental stones and then flash into like silhouettes of the guys and it's just like and then they do a little flip while they're flying through the air and it's just like it's i don't know it's such a great way to introduce yeah and they do explosions that go inside and out and in and Mm -hmm. out and in and out over and over it's so fucking perfect why were they in a different form than uh their monster form who knows? Who cares? Who cares? It looks awesome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the The other part of their intro where they're just flying around, not so awesome. <sighs> like action figures on strings, in my opinion. Zero movement from either of them. But yeah. the lead up was fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I like the little flip. It was funny. You know, like the flip's good. Yeah, flip's good. It, it, looked, it, it looked silly because they're so perfectly in unison, but it's fine. I love them uh, circling Godzilla Tower. Um, I thought that looked great. So hell yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I mean they're hypnotized or whatever, so it's like true. fine that they're not. I I was kind of so yeah, they're hypnotized with a tape, but I didn't notice any difference after the tape was destroyed. Was there a difference? You know, that was like a thing I thought about. I'm like, it's weird that they're like still buds after they're 
free from their hypnosis. Yeah, but I guess because they they're like destroy the tape and they're like, oh yay, they're not going to be hypnotized anymore. And then it didn't seem to make any difference. They just seemed to be acting the same and still fighting Angus and Godzilla. Well, they didn't have the superior brain power of uh, space cockroaches directing them in their fight, I guess. I don't know. That was sort were of... Were the cockroaches directing them? I thought they were fully controlled. Yeah. Oh, were they? I didn't I didn't realize that. I thought it was just like hypnotizing them to be fighting for the general thing. I didn't think they were fully controlled. I sort of, you know, I don't know like a ton about old computers, but like I do think a bunch of them like ran on reel to reel and you were like running programs through like reel to reel tape of some kind and <laughs> and I, again, I don't understand how any of that works, but I, I figured mm. that the tape was like a mechanism through which to transmit their instructions. Okay. Like in real time or whatever. Okay. So I guess theoretically at first they're fighting smarter and then they start fighting stupider. And that's when <laughs> the I, other I two yeah, are able to for sure. fight. Okay. All right. Cleared that up. So... I don't have a bunch of character thoughts at all other than, you know, echoing Bartow that all the characters were kind of great. Uh, I don't know. They they kind of speak for themselves. I liked this kind of idea that, you know, a dress or some hippie clothes or a trench coat was fine and a suit is bad. That's kind of the theme. Mm-hmm. The hippie guy with the corn was great. Genbo was great. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how Genbo, an out-of-work cartoonist who isn't very popular has money to hire an assistant is it an assistant well david collat calls calls her his girlfriend um uh, in the version i had he says like i shouldn't have hired such a nagging witch yeah he oh, definitely man. i he didn't say that in the version i have i I'm, I'm not sure he said that in mine either he mentioned hiring okay but it did feel like she was working for him okay. um that that's like the vibe I got because the vibe I got was more like she's more like an agent, I guess, kind of. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. He, I mean, I guess they could be lovers, but he made her, um, her likeness in the in the mean mom mom monster that he drew, which would be you know pretty mean. Uh, but she was awesome though. She was so cool. Oh, uh, she yeah. ruled. Like, what a great character. She she was the tough person mm-hmm. in in their little crew. Um, which you don't really see in a ton of Godzilla movies where no. a, a, the woman is the like strong and capable character all the way through. Totally. I brought it up before. One of the cool things about watching Kung Fu movies is a lot of times there's like strong women who really know how to fight and that's always kind of a fun thing that's kind of unexpected for their era and i mean even the there's lots of horrible stuff towards women in some of those movies but it's still kind of cool to see that there are they still have these badass women and then you so often watch these godzilla movies and the women are more in subservient and uh secondary roles so it's kind of it's really awesome to see this complete badass mamadon um (laughs) Just, uh, uh, Wait, are we talking about Mamadon? Are we talking about? <laughs> oh, I guess she was based off. I forgot Mamadon yeah. was based off of her trip. <laughs> Mamadon had this the fucking 
her skin was based on her outfit because apparently she just wears that same outfit all the time. I mean, it's a fucking good dress, though. Like, it's a yeah. really cool dress. If I looked that good in a, in a particular outfit, I would wear it all the time, too. There is some weird gender stuff going on where she is the badass, but our main character is calling her in mine a nagging witch, and then, like basing a strict mother role off of maybe his girlfriend, maybe somebody that he <laughs> hired, I don't know. Uh, it felt a little weird, but I, I was stoked that she came back in to, like, <laughs> save the day and shit. Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of a flawed protagonist in a lot yeah. of ways. Like, he's, you know, he does a lot of good also. You know, he tries this this random woman who corners him and scares him half to death like he goes out of his way to like help her you know find uh her brother but um but he's also kind of dim he's like Mm. he's um uh like when they're running up the stairs at the end taking the stairs up godzilla tower like he gets tired while (laughs) you know she has to like push him to go you know he's he's like totally he's not like a you know he's he's i don't think he's like a bad guy he's not a oh. perfect guy but um you know like that's and are you a perfect guy barto are you a perfect guy no could you run up godzilla tower without getting tired no 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 like um, i could <laughs> no cigarettes have permanently affected my body in such a way that i will never be able to do that and that's the same with him, as we see him smoke throughout the movie. <laughs> oh, yes. <That's> true. <laughs> nice. I got to say, sorry, you just reminded me of the tower when you were making a much better point, but the zip line saving the prisoner part is just fucking incredible. <laughs> it's such a, like, so their plot, which is, you know, they, there's a, they, the brother is trapped on the top floor of Godzilla Tower, so they have to, they blow up a balloon um with a rope attached to it and just like let it hover up there and it's so like cute and practical in a way yes. that like there's so little practical stuff in Godzilla movies and it's just like it was so charming i loved it it's great it's and awesome. there's some fun i just kept thinking like that this movie had so much more heart and was so much more creative than other fakuda movies like even just the weird sideways diagonal camera angle when they were running through the woods to do the caper. Like there's just like a little bit of oomph in it that I mean, I feel like this might be my favorite Fukuda movie. It's it's yeah. I was about to say that when you, when you just pointed out um, the beginning of that sentence that, you know, this is more heart than all the Fukuda films kind of like popped my head. Like, Oh, what are the other Fukuda films? I think this might be my favorite one. Yeah, um, Totally. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is. I mean, it doesn't have a dance contest, which obviously puts it a little down. No surf rock. But other than that, and no Mothra shit. But no, still. It does have Mothra. It, and on When they have the shots of oh. Monster Island. All right. I'll give it to you, bro. I'll give it to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, true. it's not her in her best look, but they do have Mothra. True. And um, they all has Mamadon, and it has... Uh, <laughs> Shukra? Is that the homework monster's name? Shakura or something? Uh, yeah, something like Shukra. that. Yeah. And it has um, 
cockroaches, which I know we're all fans of. And a hippie. It has a hippie. And a hippie. And yeah. just... speaking of cockroaches, do oh. y'all want to talk about this? Oh, please. Oh, the 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 one thing I want to add about the the hippie is that the um like being held up by an ear of corn in tinfoil yes. is mm-hmm. such a good gag. Like, yeah. Very funny gag. And he's just like yeah. eating in like yeah. every single scene in this movie. <laughs> yes. Um he's just like snacking the whole time. And it's it's such yeah. a it's such a he's such a charming, funny guy. This is and, and the response with um Gengo uh just like fainting because he's so scared. The over over the top comical response was also yeah, that's a great response. Corn and this great gag. Three of them all eating bananas together. Come on. Yeah. It's interesting after <laughs> such an anti hippie movie before this that they have a hippie that like I was like, ooh, this hippie's wearing like a suit. Is this like the point in the seventies where the hippie thing is just an aesthetic and this guy's gonna be like a shitty guy or a scaredy cat? And it's like, nope, this dude is fucking solid. He's like a computer programmer or some shit, and he like gives a shit and he's willing to go on this adventure to like fight against capitalists to rescue a brother it's fucking cool yeah it's really just fun fun guy all the way through love it yeah okay so as you mentioned charlie these bad guys from planet m nebula in mine uh Mm -hmm. that are cockroaches the one of the big parts about this is that it's an environmental message and like how many is this how many 60s and 70s or 50s 60s and 70s environmental kaiju movies have we watched now it feels like a lot a whole lot uh, almost it's... all of them it, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are about the environment I, in terms of ones that are expressly environmental we got hedora we got at least two or three of the cameras yeah the last couple cameras hedora this one so i feel like this is like the fourth one in a row i mean Mothra, kind of, uh, not Mothra, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra, kind of. But anyway, they're going hard on it right now. Yeah. And. Well, I feel like I've brought up before how, uh, you know, Japan really depends on seafood. They see food, they eat food. Uh, that's a little, that's a little joke. Hey. Um, and the, yeah, at this point, their oceans were super, super, super polluted. So I think that was like a very big. I assume that's a big concern in Japan. At the I'm time. sure. Okay. And I mean, this is around the era, the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, when like Earth Day mm-hmm. happened. The whale sounds from Frank Watlington came out. Everybody, we got the picture of Earth that blew everybody's minds. And then suddenly, like, I don't know whether the people making the movies were concerned about the environment or concerned about doing the popular thing. And that's why there's so many back to back. This one went harder than I was expecting it to for it being Gigan, which again, I've just heard like Gigan and Megalon, they're kind of throwaway movies. And it's like, this is a planet. We have a planet just like Earth with people just like humans that create, have the ability to create civilization. And then it's shots of like sepia toned smokestacks. And it's like, that's their vision of civilization. They ruin the planet with pollution, wars, chemicals. There's a mushroom cloud. And then it's like, everyone died. And we're seeing the same on Earth. We're the only species to survive. And it's just like, whoa, out of nowhere. I wanted to confirm. Because I thought, you know, I should rewind those and double check, but the the cockroaches are they are just like the survivors of that mm. of that 
yeah. civilization. Yeah. They didn't build the civilization on that planet. They Correct. survived its d- destruction, Correct. and now the planet is just dying, is what they yeah. said. Unrelated. The implications to- of yeah. which are very strange. Yeah. I mean, based, I mean, all planets are eventually going to die. So, yes. I, I, <laughs> I guess. I mean, no matter what, every planet eventually is going to be destroyed, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, they're saying basically the human society there killed themselves. They took over because they're cockroaches. Um, and uh, But then their planet's at the end of its run. So I mean, so just but, in my head, I thought, a better plan would just be to wait, just to come to Earth, yeah. and then just wait well, for sure. for us yeah. to, and then then ride out the destruction of our civilization and take over. Then it, it felt needlessly complicated. This whole thing that they were doing. Well, or another better plan would be they're super advanced, right? They talk about how their computer systems are way better than our computer systems. Then just create some ultra corporation and that does just like massive amounts of pollution that just uh, uh, accelerates the pollution and self-destruction rate of Earth, right? Okay, I feel like I have a couple better plans. Like, one, just he stay on the spoiler. planet. What's the problem? It's dying. I don't yeah. know. But they survive. But you're talking about polluting the earth to make it at the same rate as that one. So then why are they coming here just to go to another? They're going to have well, to find no, another No, no. It's a different form of dying. It's not dying because it's so polluted. It's dying because it's gotten closer to the sun or... Um, the core is going it, to explode. It's, it's in a massive... It's about to hit a massive ice age or something. I, I got the... Oh, I got okay. The, so it died the once, feel they survived it, and now another death is coming. Yeah. Yeah, I see. It's okay. not related to the to the destruction that destroyed the intelligence. Thank y'all species. for paying more attention than I can. I mean, they didn't explicitly say that, but that's that's kind of the impression that, that I got. That was my read of it too. Okay, so the implication that's weird to me about this about if we're doing a morality thing about environmental destruction, and we're talking about how we as a you know as a species or species like us, are destroying the planet. And, you know, an environmental movie is trying to get you to, like, see that it's wrong. Shouldn't the idea be that the evil ones are the ones destroying the planet? Not that if yeah, we destroy the planet, <laughs> then the evil cockroaches are finally going to reign supreme? Like, that's so weird to it, me. It's very, very weird. <laughs> I mean, and there's, there's no condemnation towards anybody that does the pollution it's like a generalized you guys shouldn't be polluting so much but there's nothing like really pointed towards anybody (laughs) and the last line isn't maybe if we spoil the planet your kids will die and everything you ever loved will fall apart it's maybe roaches will inherit the earth if we spoil the planet like that's the problem (laughs) this this, these fucking roaches we're dead don't walk around on our cities these fuckers never inherent our fucking planet there's that one <laughs> that's the one thing i stand for is not letting cockroaches take over <laughs> there's the there's a one kind of like throwaway line about like so after the godzilla tower blows up the decoy car that the yeah. that the aliens think our protagonists are in the uh the the scientist brother who they've just saved says, 
as technology advances, our reliance on machines grows, for, which feels like completely apropos of nothing, um, except that that was a car. Um, but it that's like the only thing where they're yeah. like humans are doing something like. But it's not even like it, it only sounds like a critique because we think of that's we've seen the results of that. But he's just saying, yeah. hey, we're relying more on technology. That could be a great thing from another lens. You know, it's so strange. Yeah, it's all very weird. I, I there There's no like the 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 film feels like it might have critiques about other things, but not mm. actually about. The environment at all or it might but it doesn't quite know how to finish the sentence like <laughs> it's just kind of using the touchstone feelings and symbols of an environmental movie to make an environmental movie um i'd be really interested in hear me out fellas nope. a kind of reverse kafka's metamorphosis where a cockroach wakes up in a human body and everybody else in the family is like, what are you doing? And that that's the side movie I want from this. I'm just saying, I like the idea of, <laughs> of this backwards thing going on. That's all I got there. I already wrote it. Sorry. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I just want to see it. That's so, thank you. Should, should we talk about the concept of peace? Absolute peace. Well, I just want to bring up that. So Shima's last line was... Technology advances, makes our lives easier, while peace slips even further from our grasp. Whoa, okay. So, I feel like there's something heavy there. Which is, like, what are we talking about, though? Like, what is... Yeah. Because we've been using peace in this very um, specific way through the movie... Has it been specific or has it been all over the place? I guess it has been all over the place. But like the only people talking about peace in through this whole movie are the fascists. Um, kind of. In response to them, I believe the the girl in the dress and the hippie guy or some some of that crew is talking about no, we're the ones who want peace. Or like, mm-hmm. isn't there some kind of reaction to their weird use oh, of yeah, peace? Oh, yeah, you're right. What was it? That does happen at one point. They're like, when they first meet up with uh, Gengo, is that his name? Gengo? Um, Genbo. Genbo. He, according to Wikipedia, is Gengo. Huh. Uh, it's Genbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Always wrong. God damn it. When he first runs into the two... Uh, anti-peace hippies they uh after he passes out and they wake him back up he calls them enemies of peace and they're like we're not the enemies of peace they're the enemies of peace which is a very like you know it's like when cops and politicians call you a terrorist because you're protesting or because you do like whatever some like it's like no they're the enemies of our country no they Mm. are it's like it's empty rhetoric it's the enemy like appropriating terms that are used that like liberatory terms and just using them yeah. themselves you know yeah i mean what is gengo's uh perspective at this point when he's meeting with these people that are building an amusement park and they're like yeah. we're doing this so we can teach children about total peace through monsters like what the fuck is gengo 
is going. What does Gengo see this as? Because that sounds like insane if you would yeah. say that to me. And then he like goes and says, "Or oh, you guys are enemies of peace." Like, what the? And fu- <laughs> I mean, Barto pointed out there's the line about absolute peace, which is like so creepy oh, and, and cultish. And that's mm-hmm. the line. That's the term that they're using the whole time is absolute yeah, yeah. peace, which. Which feels like right away, even if you don't know where this is going, you're like absolute peace. Well, that feels like stasis. That feels bad, you know. Like, yeah, it's definitely some fascist. Like we have to get to the like pure states to the motherland kind yeah. of shit. Yes. Well, I mean, in that first discussion, Gengo says something like, "Oh, I think things are pretty. Pe- things seem pretty peaceful right now." And then the other guy is like. But it's, it's not absolute peace oh, or something like so that. <laughs> maybe this is different in mine. Mine said, an amusement park to teach children how to have peace. And Gengo said, well, children already have peace. And he said that their peace is an illusion. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It was definitely different in mine. Yeah. Damn, that was it, a fucking gnarly yeah. line. No, and mine it was more like... Um, yeah, like what you said was, I, I think we're talking about the same bit of dialogue where he's like, yeah, oh, things seem pretty peaceful. And he's like, no, not. Absolutely. It's probably the same yeah. dialogue, too. It's just two translations. Yeah, it's of probably it. just your translation is way different. Yeah, but, um, but either way, it's a trip because it's like, well, if peace isn't a state that a individual subjectively feels, you know, because he's saying, oh, these people already feel these things or we already can feel this. And they're like, no, it's fake. Like, that's then what's real peace? You know, <laughs> like, oh, I know what real peace is. You don't. They don't. Right. And which is what makes that last line just like so very, very strange. You know, like. Yes. About the technology. Yeah. yeah. Like what? Yeah. What are we actually? What are we slipping from? What is the piece that you're actually trying to achieve? Because the alternative to the fascistic absolute piece isn't really like explored at all, except peace as the opposite of whatever, you know, whatever the space cockroaches are doing. I was going to say, it's just kind of like a, a liberal idea of peace of just like, we have no overt conflict going on. Yeah, that I agree for sure. While the the cockroaches piece is yes, more along the lines you're saying, a more kind of fascistic, uh, nobody, I guess, conflicting with us type of uh, or yeah, no, I, yeah, um, I think you're totally right. Like one person wants peace of as little conflict as possible mm-hmm. for one group, and the other group wants peace of we get what we want and nobody's hurting us at all. Yeah. Know? Yeah, but there's so little to go on. We're really reaching and guessing. Yeah, totally. But it's interesting that we all had the same kind of feeling about it. Maybe because of the state of the world or something. Who knows? <laughs> and, and it's it's weird because there's there's also so there's these there's not too many there's like there's a handful of like uh what what like dualities of or, or maybe that's the wrong word but we have these conflicting ideas of of what peace is. Um, and this might be kind of a stretch, so just bear with me a little bit. It's like some, like a binary. Yeah. Yeah. A binary idea of what peace is. Uh, we have this sort of, and then, which maybe we'll, we'll get to this, but I think it's related. This, this idea of, uh, what children want in their monsters. And we have, we have, you know, our artist in the first meeting he sees, uh, with the comic 
person says like children are too sophisticated for your homework monster um which is funny in a godzilla movie because none of these monsters are very sophisticated but as opposed to the fascists who are like this is perfect you know like this homework monster is and your mom monster is great you know i don't know why how it applies to their plan and then the third thing is godzilla and godzilla tower you know these sort of like fake ideas like binary ideas where of like truth and like a some some sort of simulation of truth but i think they're all related in some way okay so we have the first guy who we don't really know what his what's up with him saying that kids are too sophisticated for the monster and that doesn't make sense and then we have the fascist guy being like we love this simple monster and then we have Godzilla Tower, but I'm not seeing how what you're getting at something. Ba- though, basically, what I'm saying is that we have we have these three different ideas, um, and the the third thing being like this idea of what peace is. So we have these like three distinct things where the ideas are test or are we have a fascist take on it and a Earthling take on it, and it's. What children want? Sure, it being what children? Okay. What children want? Godzilla and peace. And I don't okay. know how they're connected at all, except that they're they all feel like very like three pieces of like like pointing movie. the same direction because we're mm. we're hovering around the big mystery of this movie that I never even tried to solve, and we've brought up before of why the fuck are they? making an amusement park to teach children about monsters to have peace. Like, what are you talking about? It makes no sense. The only thing I could think of was that they're like, oh, it's a trick to make money so we can help destroy the world more. Like, I have no other or than it's, that. Or it's a trick for us. This is good coverage for us to make a Godzilla tower, which has laser eyes. <laughs> Because, I mean, this might be straying from what you were saying, Barto, but is it cool if I rant about capitalism? Go, dude. Okay. Like, the thing to me that was so fucking interesting about this Children International Federation that's making this children's land is that, like, he says, and maybe mine's different than yours, but he says the we're we're creating this like world like this amusement park of monsters it has a Godzilla tower it's gonna have other monsters we're creating other monsters for it and then we're gonna destroy Monster Island yeah afterwards you're gonna kill Godzilla and all the monsters I mean they specifically say that those monsters like can't bring peace or something like that I forgot exactly, exactly. what the line was yeah so like it feels like peace is just them. It's just people buying into their shit. Like, this is a perfect example of what capitalism does all the time, right? They're, we're going to destroy the monsters and we're going to replace them with a theme park about monsters. We're Like, we're going to destroy the natural world, all of it, its beauty, its life-sustaining properties, its biodiversity, and we're going to sell it back to you as, like, landscaping and potting soil and zoos and the jungle cruise at Disneyland. Like, we are subjects of a managed existence and like all the thrill and danger of living is fucking gone and meaning is taken from us. And that gives us a longing that makes us want to fucking buy tickets to roller coasters and haunted houses and movies. Like we don't have any free time anymore. They took it from us. We now have leisure and recreation, which are fucking industries. So they want to destroy Monster Island so that their park is Monster Island and Godzilla Towers as close as anyone's going to get to Godzilla. 
that's all I can fucking think of, right? And it's fucking crazy. That's perfect though. That like ties that little bow on what I was what I was thinking about. Like they want to take reality and give their weird approximation of it because like you know, I feel like I have to like clarify like the inclusion of the drawing almost makes sense cuz like when you think of a marketing agency, you know, they they're like this is what kids want, you know, in yeah. the most extreme sense. But the alien is like the marketing agency who is like selling an, an idea that kids wouldn't actually want because they are too sophisticated for it and selling it back to them and being like, no, nah, they'll buy this, you know, don't worry about it. And yeah, everything is like, you. I don't know, it's, your explanation is perfect. Yeah, you're right. They, they can sell, yeah, they can fucking sell it to them. And that's peace. Yes. Can I read some of this uh, from Collat's book, a few paragraphs? Um, yeah, go for it. While the comic book publishers have no use for Chakra or Mamagon, the invading aliens from Nebula M Space Hunter apparently do. In the name of perfect peace, the World Children's Land plans to replace all the real monsters of the world with model duplicates for display in their monster museum. On a strictly narrative level, this plan is necessary to get Godzilla and other potential opposition out of the way before their invasion. On a thematic level, though, the plan addresses the marketing of the monsters. In the world outside the narrative, monsters can represent important issues, Cold War, nuclear policy, capitalism, communism, environmentalism, which can pose a threat to authority figures who may wish such issues not be discussed. By replacing monsters with models, the cockroaches can limit their expression their expressive power. When the cockroaches talk of perfect peace, they mean it. The messy internecine squabbles that keep the earth a place of violence and war arise from differences of opinion between groups who have the ability to employ weapons, literal or monstrous, to settle the argument rather than debate civilly. If Godzilla were replaced with a mere model, and the world within the story, humanity would be effectively disarmed, while in the world outside the story, movie makers would be silenced. A totalitarian state enforces peace by suppressing differences of opinion and stifling debate on controversial issues. Visitors to the Monster Museum will learn what world, what world children's land chooses to teach. When the cockroaches announce that Shukra and Mamagon are excellent ideas and plan to include them among the Monster Island uh, detainees in the museum, they reveal their preference for monsters with easy-to-package superficial relevance. Lacking Boom. ambiguity, Shukra and Mamagon are less politically threatening than, than something like Godzilla. Toho makes money off selling the likeness of a character whose popularity was established in movies that often criticize the profit motive. Godzilla's expressive power as a symbolic figure is at odds with his value as a commercial icon. Reduced to a mere commodity, Godzilla no longer raises uncomfortable questions. The Monster Museum proposes to reduce all monsters to mere commodities, lifeless objects whose images can sell things. The aliens have their base inside a building designed to look like Godzilla, a design choice selected precisely for its ability to appeal to consumers. Hell yeah. Wow, Kalat. I didn't know he had it in him. This movie is so fucking cynical. Like, I'm very impressed with the depth of the fucking politics in this movie. Like, you know, people bring up children's land and... It's one person says, oh, is that a name of a fancy psychiatric institution? Like, mm-hmm. and another person, when they bring it up, is like, oh, it's an NGO. Of course, they're hiding something. Like, right. there's so 
at least in my version, mm-hmm. there's so much cynicism at, around the idea that a theme park would be a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a nonprofit, it's not an NGO. They go on this whole thing about nonprofits, yeah. and yeah. it's incorporated. In, Wait, like, isn't that the same thing? No, not a non governmental organization. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, nonprofit. Like that's what I. That's what I meant. Um. Yeah, but yeah, that's a big part of their research is that it's like a nonprofit organization. Yeah, and they're like, "Ooh, that's shadowy." Yeah, yeah they only accept money f- with no strings attached. Like they have this weird mm-hmm. little thing about that. Like there's this whole sequence on researching this thing that seems completely besides the point because they just like break in there and totally and steal the guy. But like they're they're doing this. Yeah, like dark money thing. This all makes the peace thing not a question to me anymore. All it is, is they're selling us a word that sounds good. Just like the government does all the time and companies do all the time. They're using Mm -hmm. a word to try to make you buy their shit. Oh, we want peace. Don't worry about it. Like, Mm -hmm. and they're just commodifying all this shit. The part that is interesting to me on top of that was... The idea that they have to make the park and then kill the monsters. Like, I feel like there's something there I'm not fully grasping. Like, if they kill the monsters first and then make the park, there will be, like, a break. Almost like people would snap out of it. But, like, if they can kill them while it's open, then there's, like, a continuum where this becomes Godzilla and Monster Island. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes, it, t- it totally does. It totally does. Oh, man. Way to go, Godzilla versus Gigan for just having having for layers. Real. Well, to just throw one, I know I brought up Jean Baudrillard to y'all before we jumped into this, and he talks a lot about how, you know, like, we're in, we're, it's almost impossible to get touched, to, like, to understand the world around us anymore because everything is, like, a copy of a copy of a copy mm-hmm. of a copy of a copy, but, like, that they're all symbolizing each other. And so we only can react to symbols now and like the substance is gone. And it's kind of interesting in a, you know, you have Godzilla, the first movie as like a symbol for, you know, world war two and the horrors and atrocities of that. And then the movies after the Mm -hmm. symbol becomes like a copy and a copy to where he's just this like silly guy running around Mm -hmm. saving people and then now in this movie you have a symbol of him that's gonna replace the symbol of the symbol to sell it and it's just fucking gnarly you know like they're just getting people so far out of the fucking bombing of Hiroshima and like firebombing of Tokyo that they can sell tickets until we have world peace of global capitalism run by cockroaches it's crazy how fast it happened, too, right? Like, this is not that far out from the... the right? Like, that, happened, that started happening, like, immediately after oh, the, the first Godzilla. Movie. No, the second movie, he doesn't really represent anything. And then and the, the second third... one, like, yeah. it starts getting in... I think the second one is still supposed to represent some kind of warfare, um, although not the same. Not the same at all. It felt... I, I remember us talking about Raids Again being almost the opposite message. I, I feel like I remember there being, like, stuff about, like, uh, bombing raids and stuff in that one, though. But, yeah, you get less removed. And then, like, immediately after that, like, it's just so soon after you just get removed so quickly from its original heavy, heavy as fuck message. And yeah. it's just immediately they're like, yeah, but what about the marketing value of this? Do you see yeah. the tickets we sold? <laughs> well, and, yeah. and we've been seeing little hints of, like, 
like uh Hedora, there were like fake Godzilla toys yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's interesting that these things that seem like almost flukes or like gags seem to like like they just grow into substance in this film. I wanted to point something less intellectual. Was there a I'm I'm done on that. I did my this the what okay. I've been waiting for. Uh just uh, the cockroaches aliens they took over these people's images. Why do they take over their biographies? That seems so stupid to me. Yeah. That they gave themselves names, hometowns, professions. It's like something people could easily research. Just why? All you need is a fucking body or like if you need a backstory, create one other than just keeping the same name. Right? That's incredibly I think there's something there. I think there is. Look at we're I mean, if we're following our track of these are the capitalists that are ruining the world and creating what uh, Kalat called a totalitarian, you know, situation. They're bureaucrats. They copy paste. They take over the body. They take over the biography. You know what I mean? It just feels like they don't have. You said be, use some creativity. They don't have creativity. They only have, <laughs> you know, yeah. the copying. Yeah. They just couldn't come up with another name. Yeah, no, they couldn't. They had to make Godzilla Tower and they had Brian had to be Brian and I did want to ask, do you think Godzilla saw himself in Godzilla Tower? I do. That hurts. I, I, I think there was uh the shot when he like he's like kinda punch drunk and he comes out of it and he looks at the tower and I think that's supposed to symbolize some kind of uh realization. Some recognition. So, yeah, oh, man. some kind of recognition there. That's wild. Um, I, but, like, it's just, it's so, and this is one of the movies where it really emphasizes that there's some intelligence in him because you see him actually talk. Like, that's, that's, and make a huge, plans that's and an amazing side of intelligence. But, so, do something, yeah. but does he look in a mirror? That's I, what I, I mean. He sees himself, in, another. he sees reflections in the ocean, in the water. The only other Godzilla that ever existed, because this is the second Godzilla, if we're following the mm-hmm. actual show, like timeline, died before this guy came up. So like, yeah. well, fuck. He man. saw Manila. He saw Manila. Manila's a strange image of him. <laughs> that was my thought, actually. Um, but but uh, no, I do think that the shot where he like, there's a shot where I think it has a perspective of from him, um, where he kind of looks up and he's dizzy after being hit and then he like looks up at the tower and i think that is supposed to symbolize him uh recognizing that it's i don't know how much he recognizes he recognizes it's uh just a building styled after him or what how what if you saw uh just a really like stripped down version of yourself and it tried to kill you oh i would say Thank you. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of when I take Ambien and suddenly I'm in front of a mirror naked holding a kitchen knife. Whoa. So, been oh. that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know, Barto. Like, when you brought that up, that, that fucked with me to think. Because I just watched him blow up the tower and, and, and was thinking in the movie, like, wow, they did some good effects on that tower blowing up. And then you're like, did he see himself in that tower? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I've stripped all of the, like, humanity and... and, and consciousness out of this viewing experience mm. what happened to godzilla's brain having to do that yeah. but he 
is he killing himself or is he notice knowing that he's killing his own commodification? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think he has any understanding of the commodification aspect. Marx failed to predict Godzilla. <laughs> I don't think he has any idea about commodification because he would. I mean, there's nothing that would show him that. But maybe he understands that humans in a similar range see him as like a a figure of ultimate power and maybe they're they're uh making a replication of him on uh based around his power or something like a show of reverence yeah and then it tried to kill him i've been calling godzilla anti-civ for two years now i mean i will say the anti-civ stuff is a little less dense than the marks uh readings (laughs) so maybe he doesn't know about commodification you're right but not sure i mean he he would have to understand if we're assuming he's has more intelligence than just a base kind of yeah just super base intelligence that we um which as i said there's language in this that he's speaking yeah he, he is for sure he has to understand that they that humans accept him as accept him as a being of of ultimate power well if we're asking this question now i think in two godzilla films and the one after that this question is going to be a lot more prevalent Mm. Mm. Anybody? Anybody? The only one of the next movies I've seen is uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla. You're on it. But I don't really remember. That's a Godzilla replica. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. oh yeah. Sorry. Okay, sorry. 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 <laughs> You're good. Mechagodzilla is coming up. Similar questions come up. All right. Dumb cop of the week. Who wants to go first? Uh, to thinks everyone's going to love his. Let's see can go first. <laughs> I, think, I think there's going to be some pushback on this one. Okay, I'm going to give a rare tip of my hat to the Japanese self-defense forces for actually stopping a monster from coming on shore in Japan. Credit where credit is due. That never, ever, ever happens. Wow. Uh, You're talking about Ingress, right? Yeah. Charlie, uh, sidebar, should we... Sidebar, this guy asked for dental, and now... He's talking about the cops doing a good thing. Do we? No, you're right, Barto. This is the first time the Salt Defense Forces have had any effect on a, a monster. And I will admit, Angurus is probably bad for people. So I guess I'll, I'll allow it. Angurus was just there to scope things out. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm not. That is such cop bullshit i i'm yes absolutely <laughs> also the dumb cops of the week you know for being for True. cop bullshit dumb, that was dumb one of them. my two potential dumb cops of the week was that angerish is just there looking around and they just start fucking firing <laughs> at him just fucking unloading on him so you all very, agree you have the same very cop, cop. Uh, what's your other one what's your other one charlie oh my dumb, my other dumb cops were uh I'm going to get some pushback on this. <laughs> um, Godzilla and Angerus. Jesus. Um, uh, fucking uh, Gigan and um, Ghidorah show up and they start destroying shit. And Godzilla <laughs> and, and Angerus are like, hey, hey, no, this isn't cool. This is only okay when we do this. And they start attacking them and fighting back, which is bullshit. Cop 
fucking bullshit where cops are like, we can do whatever we want, but uh, if you do any of the same bullshit we do, we're going to fucking fight you and kill you. Um, I, I understand protecting your community. Up. If some guys flew into my my house and started fucking up my shit that you, usually I get to fuck up, you know, I might <laughs> I might fight them off. No, 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 no. It's not your house. It's if some guys flew in and started attacking your town hall. Right. Right, right, right. It's different than your house. That's true. That's true. Hey, you know, January 6th, I would have felt different if they were in all black. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, No, that both of y'all, I thought we jumped the shark, but both of your reasons were fucking excellent. I... I applaud your your ingenuity and creativity with these with these dumb cops. Um, I, on the other hand, am not going to be having any of those uh, features on mine. I think some listeners probably already know. Do y'all know? I thought y'all would already know what my dumb cops what cop was. This is like my fifth time doing it. Anyway, it's the fucking planes that go right within <laughs> slapping distance of fucking Guyan. Like, I mean, this time, it was like two dozen. They just fly I, right at him and he hits him. What? How dumb are you? I've done the planes you? a few times, too. I mean, they're, they're uh, an eternal well of dumb cops. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think this is my fourth. Yeah. Rabbit, what's your Praxis Award? All right, my Praxis Award goes by, goes by, goes to Gengo, formerly known as Genbo, for pointing the workers away from the girl who stole the tape. He had very little information, and yet he was like, bunch of fucking men in suits are looking for somebody. Fuck that. She went the other way. Hell yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah, that that's a good one. I agree with that. In general, the, that, that whole crew... uh they stuck to their guns their entire times. Um, Shima was that guy's name. The, the her brother that was stuck in the tower. He was always entire time. He was just like, no, you guys can go fuck yourselves. I'm against you. Um, and that's good practice as well. Even though they're like, you can have a huge computer career after this. And he was just like, nah, you guys suck. Um, Hell yeah. So good for you, dude. Yeah. Just uh, also just our main character, just all around his behavior through the through the, the film. He just was like, he felt both like selfless, but like not like a superhero at all, which is pretty yeah. cool. You know, definitely everyday selfless dude. Good, good, uh, good role model. Hell yeah, Charlie. What do you got? I I did not have a practice award uh, written, but um. Your thing kind of like, yeah, obviously, that's yeah, hell yeah, we got there. I'm gonna go favorite shot. My favorite shot is the final shot with Goji and Angie swimming off towards the sunset. That was some beautiful fucking closure that warmed my heart. I think I said Goji winking and doing the peace sign. Oh, no, you also do a peace sign, you do a white power sign. (laughs) You also got that, uh that like goofy cowboy song going on in the background oh yeah it's i love it yeah also i liked all the comic stills the the manga stills and i liked all the fucking power plant fire but yeah okay when gaigan and Ghidorah first show up and they are circling around the tower and there's some cool shots there where it's both of them flying around the tower but then you also have uh godzilla in the same shot the the tower of godzilla in the same shot and some of those shots look cool. Also, 
those scenes are, um, those shots are inconsistent, um, because they grow, Ghidorah and Gigan grow in size because they're the same, they're basically the same size as the Godzilla statue, but here they are mm-hmm. kind of flying around it like they're smaller, but whatever. I think it looks cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Barto, favorite shot? When the elevator opens up and it's that drawing of all of them with like machine guns and stuff like it, yeah. it's such like a cool visual moment and it's like one second where you the elevator opens and there's this drawing of all of them and then it blows up and uh hell yeah it's just fun it's not like beautiful but it's just like great sight gag yeah hell yeah i love i love that they threw drawings and shit in this it's great all right, folks, we got to rate this thing. It's going to be on the Godzilla scale, so that's S through F. I think, look, I like this movie. I don't love this movie. When I ranked it, it's still, like, on the lower half because I like a lot of these movies, but it was good. I might, I might, I don't know. I'm all over the place. I think I'm between a B and, the, and a C, and I can't decide uh, which tier it's at. After talking about it, I just... I'm going to give it a B. Fuck it. It's fun. It's great. It's exciting. Banana. Yeah, banana. Yeah, a big a big B for me too. I'm I'm in the same boat. Like it was a strong C. But I've, I've this conversation's been great. Feeling like this Hell is yeah. a cooler movie. B for yep. uh boy boygan. Guygan, boygan. Biolante. Um, we have one of those. I mean Yeah. I uh, B. I've I was basically choosing between B minus or B, and I was thinking because I was feeling I was thinking like what have I rated Godzilla movies before? Like maybe on my overall rating, this would be more B minus. But no, it's a B. It's a B. I don't care. It's it's a bananas B. Hell yeah! Well. Folks, thanks for listening. It was good having you here. Uh, you're cool. Thanks for listening. We like you. Uh, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please give us five stars. We would like more reviews on there. We know you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We can see it. So just uh, go ahead and do that. Um, and you can follow us and find us on TikTok and on Twitter at NoGodsPod. And you can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show... Uh, don't turn the things that people love into commodities, man. Come on. Shit, I'm doing that with this movie right now. Fuck. Fuck.